Alright, go ahead and take your Bibles. Turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 9. 1 Corinthians chapter 9. Of course, this week we're going to be celebrating Veterans Day, and I was thinking about that. And something that I've been thinking about a lot this year, because I don't know if y'all have noticed, but this has not been a good year in America. This has been a this has been a bad year in America. And you know, and now we are less than a year away from the next election. And unfortunately during election seasons, it's like you're really reminded you see the worst in America a lot of times. You know, these these races they get so ugly and everything gets so political and uh and, and the country gets more divided than ever during election seasons, don't they? And we gotta hear about just so much junk and so much ridiculousness that goes on. I mean, you know, and right now too, when you look at the leading candidates in both parties, it really scares you a little bit about this country, doesn't it? And when you look at the uh just some of the things that have happened this year, you know, the gay marriage thing getting passed this year. When I saw the White House and the rainbow colors for the gay pride thing, I literally I asked myself this question. I've asked myself this question many times this year. How do I feel anymore about the American flag? Now don't get mad at me, okay? But I, I did, you know. I'm I'm questioning this. I'm like, you know, I I was wondering, you know, do we continue to display this American flag when you see what's going on in this country? And I'm going to tell you right now, there's one. Thing that makes me keep the American flag around and still love the American flag and love this country, and it is not a loyalty to our politicians. It's not a loyalty to anything else, but it's because of veterans. Right? It's because of veterans. Because what has made America great, it's not been our politicians, it's been our soldiers. The ones who have went out and fought and earn that freedom. And because of those people, because of people like you in here, the many veterans we have in our church, I can't just get rid of it yet because you all have made too many great sacrifices for that flag. And I feel like as an American, and biblically even as a Christian, as a Bible believer, I need to respect that. As someone who has not fought for this country in the military, I do feel like I need to respect those who have and honor the sacrifices that you've made. And I'm just going to say right now, the only reason that there's still an American flag in here is because of the veterans. Because of you all that have fought and served our country. It's because of my respect for you that I keep it around. And as we look in the Bible, what the Bible says, I think, I think we can find out from the Scriptures how best to honor our soldiers. Because that's what I want to do. I feel like keeping that around honors you and I do it. I do it for you. As somebody, I've never been in in the military. I've never fought for our country. I've never been out on the battlefield. I've never put on the uniform. I have not done. I have not done any of those things. And I do feel like I owe a certain debt of gratitude to those who have uh, respect. And there's some honor that's due. And there's some principles that we see in the Bible. We're going to look at some things in the New Testament, and we're going to look at some things in the Old Testament law, some principles that God gave us that I think can help us to see how we should honor our soldiers. Because our country, I believe, is very good at honoring our soldiers with lip service. Okay, 
We all, our politicians, every president, they all do a lot of lip service to our military, but unfortunately, that's where it often ends. You know, and it means, I'm all for putting support your troop bumper stickers on your car. I'm for that, but that only means so much. You know, I'm all for ceremonies honoring veterans. You know, I, I think we need to do that, but many times we do all those other things. We provide all the lip service, but then we neglect to fill some of the basic common sense obligations that we have. And so in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, this passage here is not about soldiers, okay? This passage here, it is about taking care of, you know, the servants in the churches. You know, this is a passage we use uh, to teach for paying the pastor, but there's something I want you to notice in here that I think is very important. Because in verse 1 of chapter 9, it says, Am I not an apostle? Am I not free? Have I not seen Jesus Christ our Lord? Are not ye my work in the Lord? Paul's trying to show that, hey, I've given evidence that I am a servant of God, that I am an apostle. I've proved it to you. I've done the work. You've seen it. If I be not an apostle unto others, yet doubtless I am to you, for the seal of mine apostleship are ye in the Lord. My answer to them that do examine me is this. Have we not power to eat and to drink? Have we not power to lead about a sister or wife as well as other apostles or as the brethren of the Lord? And Cephas, he's saying, I'm free. I could live a normal life if I wanted to. I could go find a wife. I could raise a family. I could, I could spend my life you know, eating and drinking. I could be enjoying the things that life has to offer. But I've chose not to. I've chose to serve. Verse 6, Or I only and Barnabas have we not power to forbear working. It's like, it's like all this that I'm doing, serving you in the church, I'm doing this as this is a choice that I've made to do. God has called me to do this, and this is something I want to do. And then in verse 7, he says, Who goeth a warfare at any time at his own charges? Okay? He uses soldiers as an example. No, he says, No soldier goes and fights our battles for us at his own expense. When he goes to fight the battles, we we take care of our soldiers, don't we? And he uses that comparison to say basically, you ought to do that for us too. And me as an apostle, as a preacher, you ought to take care of my you know of my needs. It's okay. I've ministered to you in spiritual things. Is it a small thing for me to reap your carnal things? And he basically he's making the argument here for paying a preacher. Okay, if you all are benefiting. From the spiritual things that I'm giving you, you benefit from the preaching, you benefit from the things of the church. It is not asking too much for you know you all to compensate me financially. There's nothing wrong with that, and that's not what I'm talking about today. But he gives the example of one who goes in a warfare. Okay, everybody knows we pay our soldiers, we take care of our soldiers, that we provide for their needs, and why? Why do we take care of their needs? Why do we pay their salaries? Okay? It's because they're fighting our battles, aren't they? They're going on behalf of us. When there's another soldier over there fighting, we don't have to do it. Okay? And whether you like this country or not, whether you're pleased with the direction this country is going or not, we all are citizens of America, aren't we? We are, we belong, uh, we, in this country, we live in this country, and whether you want to recognize it or ignore it, we have enemies. We have people that would like to come and defeat us. We have people that would like to come and destroy us. And there's only one reason that they're not, and it's because they fear our military. 
they know our military will stop them and they are able to stop them. Okay, And therefore, because we are benefiting from our military, we ought to be paying them. We ought to take care of it because they don't have to do this. We live in a free country. We don't have... The draft is not going on right now. Everyone that is in our military right now is there because they have volunteered. They're free. They could go and get married. They can start family. They could, you know, they could raise children. They could be buying houses and, you know, doing all the things that you and I do and enjoy so much, but they've chosen to go and fight. And therefore, we ought to take care of their needs. It's just common sense. And then here in 1 Corinthians 9, he said, he mentions a principle in the Old Testament. He says, thou shalt not muzzle the ox that treadeth out the corn in verse 9. Does God take care for oxen? He's saying if you have an oxen that is doing your work, you don't muzzle them, okay? If they're out in the fields working and they see some corn and they want to take a bite of it and eat some of it, you'll let them do it. You know why? Because they're doing the work. They're the ones plowing. And even if an animal is doing your work for you, if you are benefiting from the work of the animal, you need to feed that animal. You need to take care of that animal. I mean, a righteous man regardeth the life of his beast. If you are benefiting from your animal, you ought to take care of your animal. And listen, if God cares for the oxen, He cares for preachers and He cares for soldiers. It is just a principle. Those who, if you are benefiting from their work, you ought to give them of your possessions, what you have. Go to Romans chapter 13. Romans chapter 13. It says in verse 1, Let every soul be subject unto the higher powers, for there is no power but of God. The powers that be are ordained of God. Whosoever therefore resisteth the power resisteth the ordinance of God, and they that resist shall receive to themselves damnation. For rulers are not a terror to good works, but to the evil. Wilt thou then not be afraid of the power? Do that which is good, and thou shalt have praise of the same. For he is a minister of God to thee for good. But if thou do that which is evil, be afraid." For he beareth not the sword in vain, for he is a minister of God, a revenger to execute wrath upon him that doeth evil. Wherefore ye must needs be subject, not only for wrath, but also for conscience sake, for this cause pay ye tribute. That's taxes, okay? And you all know how much I love taxes. Okay? But there are some things we need to be paying taxes for, okay? And then it says, but for they are God's ministers attending continually upon this very thing. Render therefore to all their dues, tribute to whom tribute is due, custom to whom custom, fear to whom fear, honor to whom honor. These people who punish the evildoers, okay? And who, if there's people that are trying to destroy our country, who do we use? We use soldiers, okay? Also, I think you could apply this to police officers, okay? We have police officers. They are the ones that are standing between us and the bad guys many times. They are the ones that when things are going bad, we call and they go and fight our battles for us and we ought to pay police officers too. And if things get really bad, they get out of hand. We've got things like the National Guard. You know, we've got military. And we benefit greatly from what these people do and for this cause. This is one of the reasons that we pay taxes. Okay? This is one of the reasons they take money from us because we owe that to them. 
Now listen, I, we could talk a lot about government waste and government spending. Uh, and you know, yes, that's horrible, and we need to fix that. However, okay, paying the military is something we should do, something that we are obligated to do, and it's something that ought to come from us because we benefit from it. And we need to remember, you know, it says honor to whom honor is due, custom, you know, tribute to whom tribute. We owe this to them. They are ministers to God. And whether you want to admit it or not, we have all benefited from them. We are benefiting from them today. And if you don't think so, I mean, I I just can't even imagine what would happen if they said, all right, you know what? We're going to get rid of police. We are going to get rid of military. You're on your own. I I can't even imagine what would happen in this country. It would be devastating what would happen. We are benefiting from it. And so we need to remember them. We need to respect their service. Okay, We need to honor them. We need to respect what they do. You know, you ought to do things for them to let them know that you appreciate them. You know, when you see them, you know, the guys driving down the road, okay, you see them sometimes in their military vehicles. You know, I like to honk at them, just wave at them, give them a thumbs up or something. Do something, make them feel good. You know, they're the ones that may need to protect us one of these days, and it's good to give them a good feeling about American people. If you see one of them in line, you know, to get something to eat at McDonald's, buy their food for them. Do something like that. You know, I was in a gas station today, I saw a police officer in there, and I thought, you know, but I, unfortunately, I wasn't able, you know, he didn't go inside. I was, I was wanting to buy whatever he was going to get. One, I wanted to honor him. Two, if he ever pulls me over, I want him to, I want him to remember that guy that, you know, bought his drink or whatever. Because, said, you know, it's, uh, beneficial. But we need, we just, we need to show respect. Okay? You know, do something that, to show that you respect them. You know, for those, our veterans, you know, we need to do things to respect them. When those guys are out there, you know, and they're handing out those little poppies, you know, if you donate money, you know, do that. Go tell them thank you. We live in an ungrateful country. We have an ungrateful generation today. And that's not what I'm talking about today. But let me tell you, our veterans are used to ungrateful, selfish, spoiled, rotten people. And you know, why don't you be a ray of sunshine to them and just go thank them for what they've done. Just be respectful. Honor them. And we need to repay their sacrifices. And listen, I'm going to say some things that are going to sound extreme, and they might even sound impossible, but I'm going somewhere with all this because I think that there, you know, there's a way that we are greatly dishonoring our military today and hurting them, and we need to, we need to fix this, but we need to repay their sacrifices. I believe that we need to provide for the wounded. If we have a soldier and he goes over there and he gets wounded and he comes back, you know, not 100%, not what he was, when he left, and he's not able to work anymore, I believe we need to take care of that soldier. I believe we need to take care of his family. I believe we need to take care of his hospital bills. Okay, This country was embarrassed uh, last year by the stuff that was going on in the VA. Right, this is, I mean, These are these hospitals that are for veterans, and they were being run terribly, poorly. They deserve better than that. And, we, and as a country, we were embarrassed by it, and rightfully so. We should have been embarrassed. And I don't know if it's gotten any better or not. I've not had to deal with that kind of thing. But we need to provide for the wounded. It's our responsibility to fix what we break. Look at Exodus chapter 21. Exodus chapter 21 and verse 18. A lot of times, you know, there's so many great principles that we can learn from the Old Testament law, what God expects. You know, how, you know, how do we know, you know, how, how much do we pay a soldier? You know, how, 
uh, you know, much do we help them after they come out of the military. You know, but in Exodus chapter 21, verse 18, it says, And if men strive together and one smite another with a stone or with his fist, and he die not, but keepeth his bed, if he rise again and walk abroad upon his staff, then shall he that smote him be quit. Only he shall pay for the loss of his time and shall cause him to be thoroughly healed. You know, he's saying if you get in a dispute with somebody and you hurt them to the point that they're not able to work, okay, and if they're not able to work, they're going to lose a great deal of money, they're going to lose a great deal of things they had, you have to repay that. Basically, God's teaching a principle here you fix what you break. You be responsible for what you do to someone else, and if we send someone over to fight our battles and they get hurt, they come back wounded. We owe it to them to take care of their needs. To provide for their needs. For how long? However long they have left. I mean, if they're permanently crippled because of something that happened over there on our behalf, we owe it to them to take care of them. They were over there for us. They were fighting for us. They were ministering to us. And I also believe that we should even take care of their widows and children. See, it's it's the man's responsibility to provide for the wife. I know this is 2015 in America, but I'm just going to say that it's a man's responsibility to provide for the wife. And we ought to do that. You ought to be responsible. You need to take care of your wife and children. You know, husbands, you ought to have life insurance. Okay? I don't believe you ought to just pay, you know, provide for your wife for as long as you live, but as long as she lives. You know, don't go letting yourself get killed and then your wife have to figure out how she's going to take care of the kids and survive because you left her nothing except a mountain of debt. Don't don't do that to your wife. Get life insurance. It's cheap, all right? Well, it's expensive for me because I'm so unhealthy. Well, get healthy. <laughs> I mean, you know, do do something. You know, uh, you, know, you you know, start saving money. Take care of your wife. Okay, she's your responsibility. Okay, and many of these soldiers they have wives, they have children, and you know, in some cases now too, you know, they they have husbands. All right, and we need to take care of them. And they go over there and they die. And now he's got a wife and he's got children. And there's no father to provide. And remember, he went over there for us. This is our responsibility to take care of it. And you, you want to know what God thinks about people who don't take care of widows and orphans? Who mistreat widows and orphans? Look at Exodus chapter 22, verse 18. Wait till you see the company that God puts of people who do not take care of of widows and orphans in. This is not a group that you want to be in. Exodus chapter 22, verse 18. Thou shalt not suffer a witch to live. Okay, pretty strong language there. Okay, we got witches. Whosoever lieth with a beast shall surely be put to death. Okay, I don't even want to talk about that. He that sacrificeth unto any god save unto the Lord only, he shall be utterly destroyed. Thou shalt neither vex a stranger nor oppress him. For ye were strangers in the land of Egypt. These people we have coming into our country from other countries, we do not. We should not oppress them. We should not be cruel to them. We should not take advantage of them. You should not. I mean that that is wicked stuff. And a lot of people take advantage of 
you know, some of these illegal immigrants and stuff because they are illegal. They know they can get away with stuff because these people don't want to get found out. And, you know, I'll report you to the authorities and they take advantage. And I'm telling you right now, that is as wicked as all get out. God put you in the company with some pretty disgusting people. And then in verse 22, ye shall not afflict any widow or fatherless child. If thou afflict them in any wise, and they cry at all unto me, I will surely hear their cry. And my wrath shall wax hot, and I will kill you with the sword. And your wives shall be widows, and your children fatherless. Did you see what God thinks about those who oppress widows and orphans? If they cry out to God, I wonder how many widows today and fatherless children are crying out to God right now because they can't provide for their families. They can't keep, they're not able to keep their houses anymore. They're not able to do the things that they would have been able to do had they still had a father. But, we ignore them. And thank God there are groups out there that have, you know, they're doing things to help the fatherless, to help widows of soldiers. But I'm telling you right now, we have to look at them as a country, as our responsibility. They are our responsibility. And if we do not take care of them like we should, God is not going to be pleased with this country. God is not going to smile on this country. God's going to be angry with this country. There will be more war. There will be more deaths as a result of us not taking care of them. That is what the Bible says. God put people who afflict the fatherless and widows in a very bad company. And we do not want to be a nation that does that. We cannot forget that. And I know what you think. All right, you know, we got to take care of all their needs. You know, if they come back wounded, we got to take care of them. We got to support them. We got to take care of their widows. We got to take care of their children. And then the big question comes up how can we afford that as a nation? That's a question that everybody wants to ask. And here's what I, here's what I have to say to that if we can't afford it, then we shouldn't send them in harm's way. See, many times we're just very reckless when it comes to, oh, you know, we can just send the military over there. Wait, these are human beings, okay? These are people who have lives. They have wives. They have husbands. They have children. And let, you know, I don't, I don't want to get real political. I don't know what the country ought to do about all the stuff going on in the Middle East. I, I don't know where all we should have military bases. I don't know all that stuff. I don't understand all that stuff. I don't pretend to understand all that stuff. But here's the thing. We have to realize as a country that those soldiers and their families, their provision is our responsibility. Okay, Whether we like it or not, whether we think we can afford it or not, we've just got to have the mindset if we're going to send them someplace where they are likely to be killed, we're going to have to take care of their families. We just It is our responsibility they're going on behalf of us. If something happens, if they come back broke, we have to fix it. We have to take care of it. That is biblical. And you know, a lot of times we say we can't afford this stuff, but you know what? Our Pentagon, I don't know if you heard this story just this week or last week, we just spent $43 million on a gas station in Afghanistan that they said should have cost $500,000 and it cost $43 million. Pentagon paid for it. You know, because our said our government wastes on stupid things. I mean, we're always. I I was reading some of the stuff we spend money on. I'm not even going to get into. I get so stinking mad when I see some of the things our government is spending money on, and it really fries my gizzard when I find out. You know that there's widows of soldiers and fatherless children. Their parents are soldiers, and we're not taking care of them. That is wicked. 
And we've just got to understand that and have that mindset that you know we get all anxious. You know, we're all for sending our soldiers off into any of these Middle Eastern countries because it's Muslims over there. We don't like Muslims, and we don't care if they kill Muslims. And then all they have to do to get Christians in favor of sending military into the Middle East countries is to say it's to protect Israel, and then everybody's all for it. And we don't care how many of our people die, how many how many widows and fatherless children there are because of that. And we just we look at them sometimes just like pawns in a chess game. And we've got I know there are times when we do need to go out and we do need to fight some bad people. When we need to kill some bad guys. But sometimes but we just need to ask ourselves, can we afford it? Can we afford to be the world's policeman? Because if if we're gonna do that, it's gonna cost lives. It's not and we've got to take care of what we break. That is that is our responsibility, and I'm afraid we we just don't think about that, and we do. If if the president that's in charge is in our party, we support any you know we just we support whatever he wants to do, not even thinking about what the consequences could be, not even thinking about you know is this right, is this any of our business, and we need to think about this. I mean, imagine if it was your children, if it was them that were going to get sent over there, would you be for it then? We don't think about it. These are real human beings, real lives, and we dishonor them by being reckless with their lives and just, you know, being all for the government, just sending them anywhere to fight anybody for any reason. And I don't, I don't think that's right. I don't think that's very respectful to our troops. And see, and as another way we honor them, we need to retain their victories. Okay, our military, it, it can. Defeat anybody wherever it goes, it's they're going to be successful. Okay, they're going to be victorious. But you know what hurts our military more than anything, and what handicaps them when they're fighting battles? It's all the politics back here in America. Many times they will risk soldiers' lives because they're worried about how things are going to look. And boy, you know the whole Benghazi thing, okay? Everybody's going after Hillary for the whole Benghazi thing. But let me tell you something. It wasn't just Hillary. And you know why they're going after Hillary so much for it right now? Because she's running for president. You know who they really should be going after right now? is President Obama. Though Everybody knows the whole reason they tried to keep that hush-hush. The reason they tried to keep that quiet, it was getting close to an election. They had just had their Democratic National Convention and they were bragging about how Bin Laden's dead that we've defeated Al-Qaeda, and the last thing they needed to hear about, wanted America to hear about, was Al-Qaeda attacking a military base and killing one of our ambassadors, killing some of our Navy SEALs. They needed to keep a hush-hush. They needed to keep it quiet. They made up the whole story about it being about a video, not wanting to admit it was Al-Qaeda. You know what they did? They played politics with people's lives. Those were our people that they had over there, and they should have protected them, but they were so scared of how it was going to look right before an election that they basically let these men die in a senseless way. And I'm telling you right now, that is the only thing that stops our military is our leaders, Republicans and Democrats, they play politics with their lives, always worried about how it's going to make them look, not thinking about them and that is absolutely wicked. And they, they do. They win wherever they go. Our military is... An, I mean, it's amazing what they are able to do. And I, I sometimes think their biggest challenge, their biggest enemy they fight, it's Washington, D.C. All these people playing politics 
with their lives. If we send them over there, you know, the battles are going to get ugly sometimes. But we need to allow them to do what they need to do because their lives are important too. And if we're that worried about them doing something wrong over there, then maybe we just need to ask ourselves, do they need to be over there in the first place? And unfortunately, nobody wants to do that. But we need to, we need to, if, if we send them somewhere and they're victorious, we need to think about that and we should not misuse, we should not misuse the freedom that we have gotten as a result of soldiers. We have the freedoms we have in this day because of soldiers. People that have fought and yet people want to misuse their freedom. They want to throw away that liberty. I mean, I, we have free speech today because of soldiers, because of people who have went and fought. But yet, people, they feel like freedom of speech is just freedom to be an absolute fool. And you know, it's because, and then when you see people who call themselves Baptists going and protesting the funerals of soldiers, all under the protection of free speech. It's like, do you morons realize that you have the freedom to just be morons because of those people that you're protesting, those people that they're putting in the ground? You are the scum of the earth. I mean, I just, I can't stand that. I really wish they would pick a new name for their church, but they're, they're out there, they, and they're disgusting, and we need, we need to, we need to respect the freedom that we have. We should not misuse it. We should not elect foolish leaders. Okay, our, We need to understand, our next president that we have, they are the commander-in-chief of our military. And you know what? Most, you know, maybe, I think, I think it ought to be a requirement that if you are going to be the commander-in-chief of the military, you need to have served in the military. I really do. And we don't seem to care about that anymore. But the guy who is in charge of these people's lives, he ought to be somebody who has been where they've been before. Someone who has actually been out there on a battlefield. Somebody who's had their boots on the ground before. Not somebody who's never had to fight any battles. Because Americans, man, we're spoiled and we're lazy. And we put, want to put spoiled, lazy people into the White House. And put them in charge of everything. We should not do that. I think we ought to have enough respect for the military that if somebody has served a country, that ought to score them some serious points when it comes to getting their vote. Someone who has served in the military. And we should not elect foolish leaders. What a horrible service that is to our troops. Just because you like them a little better, because they're your race or your gender. You, I mean, we pick some of the most goofy things you know, as qualification for why we should vote for somebody. Man, we need and we ought to think about who will be the best leader who will protect our troops and not mis- carelessly misuse their lives. We ought to think about that. We cannot allow our leaders to play politics with their lives. Nothing ought to infuriate us more. Nothing ought to make this country go crazy more than things like what happened in Benghazi. Then some of these, you know, ridiculous wars that we've been fighting in the last several years. Under Republican and Democrat rule, these things ought to anger us. They ought to make us speak out because these people are our responsibility. And whether it's... It's not my call. But let me tell you, we live in a democracy. We get to vote our leaders in. And we've got a lot of people that just don't pay attention to who they're voting for. They don't, you know, they don't study up on these people. And they vote always in their own self-interest. Which leader is promising me the most stuff? That's who most people vote for. 
instead of understanding that you, as a citizen of this country, you are responsible for the provision of our soldiers and for their families, and you ought to, that ought to be a huge item is who is going to take care of our military in the best way. And I, you ought to think about that every time. You know, after 4,486 U.S. soldiers died in Iraq, 2,345 U.S. soldiers died in Afghanistan, 1 million soldiers wounded in both wars, a potential cost of up to $6 trillion. What do we have now? We now have ISIS, don't we? It's produced ISIS. And you know what? ISIS has nothing to do. The results of these two wars had nothing to do with our military. Our military was victorious when they went in there. They completed their missions. They accomplished their missions. But then, playing politics, they started strategically doing things, pulling them out and things before they should. Playing politics, trying to help get elected, and now they've got a worse enemy than Saddam Hussein ever was over there. People scarier than Osama bin Laden over there. It had nothing to do with our military. It had nothing to do with our soldiers. It had everything to do with the leaders that we have. Our soldiers are always victorious. And I believe by us continuing to elect the kind of people we're electing, we are dishonoring our soldiers. We need to pay attention to these things. We got a lot of single issue voters that just look at one thing. I believe there's many things you ought to look at, and who's going to take best care of our soldiers is a huge thing you ought to look at. And many many leaders, they look at soldiers, like I said, just like pawns. I'm not going to take time to read the story, but remember David, after David committed a sin with Bathsheba, he went and one of his mighty men, he went and got, committed adultery with his wife, got her pregnant. And then to cover for himself because he was a king. And man, we've seen our politicians, our leaders, I mean, literally sacrifice people's lives to cover for themselves. David did the same thing. David went and he sent a letter to Joab by the hand of Uriah. Hey, Uriah, go give this letter to Joab. Or Uriah, being a good soldier, he doesn't look at the letter. He just follows his orders. He takes that to Joab. Joab, he looks at the letter. Send Uriah into the hottest part of the battle and have everyone pull back from him so he'll be killed. He had one of it, and that's exactly what Joab did. Uriah died fighting for King David, obeying his orders, and Uriah died because David wanted to just cover himself. And we, I'm telling you right now, I don't know when we're supposed to start the revolution. But when we see our leaders taking advantage of our troops, you know, sacrificing their lives needlessly, that ought to cause us, that ought to stir us up. That ought to anger us. When God did it, the Bible says what David did displeased the Lord. God is not going to be pleased with our country when we do things like that. Proverbs twenty nine verse two says, When the righteous are in authority, the people rejoice, but when the wicked beareth rule, the people mourn. I believe we should be in a time of mourning right now in our country with the leadership we have. And I believe while we do need to mourn, maybe a time of mourning, I believe after we're done mourning, we need to take the time and we owe it to our veterans to stand up and to speak out against foolish behavior in our leaders. We owe it to them. It is our responsibility to take care of their needs while they are serving. If they come back unable to take care of themselves, we need to realize that we are responsible for them too. 
But most of all, we need to make sure that we never send them in harm's way unless it's absolutely necessary. We ought, whenever we think, should we go into that country, we ought to ask ourselves the question, would I want my child going in that country? That's the way we ought to look at it. That's the way we ought to think about it. And if we're, and we need to honor our soldiers. Honor to whom honor, custom to whom custom, tribute to whom tribute. We need to understand those people are our responsibility and we better respect them and I believe the best way we can, one of the best ways you can respect our troops is a year from now on election day. And you know, I hope we saw a lot of this. You know, I, I'm, not, I'm not for Republicans or Democrats. But you know what I would love to see in this next election? I would love to see almost everybody lose their job. I would. I don't care if they're Republican or Democrat. I would love it if we had the biggest, I mean, incumbents just got blown Away, every single one of them. I would love it, and I think we owe that to our troops to help that happen. And let you know, let's speak up. Let's get involved because the people that we elect next year, they're going to be the ones that are going to be making the decisions on what happens with our soldiers. And whether you want to admit it or not, you are morally responsible, financially responsible, and if they Take advantage of them. If they misuse them, it's going to hurt all of us. God's going to be upset with all of us. And so I hope you have that mindset. And I hope you will honor our soldiers. So with that, let's all stand together. Thank God.